Okay, hello everybody. Um, welcome back to The Luck We Had, a shameless recap podcast where myself, your host Amanda, our lovely hosts Evan and Lena are going to recap uh, season 11, episode 12, Father Frank Full of Grace, the series finale of Shameless. Yeah. And we have a lot to say. <laughs> I preemptively or proactively am going to apologize to Amanda for having to edit this because this is going to be... Yeah. Yeah. A big job. Yeah. I'm going to go ahead and assume that this is going to go up late. And like, me yeah. having to transcribe <laughs> it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Lena has started transcriptions starting at our most recent episode, and it's going to go back so that we can put up uh, documents on our website of transcriptions of our episode for anybody who might be hard of hearing or can't understand the words that we're saying because we talk too fast. Yeah, because we all don't articulate properly. <laughs> I have a hard of hearing listener on my other podcast whose mother listens to it and signs what I am <gasps> saying to That's them. That's amazing. That's so cool. It makes me want to transcribe it. <laughs> yeah, hopefully these transcriptions help. I mean, I at the time of recording this, I'm not done with 11.11, but that was a pretty long episode, so. Well, yeah, we talked quite a bit in that episode as well. Yeah, the mini-sodes will be a little easier, um, even though they're- mini is an objective word. Uh, we're just not going scene by scene as we do in the other episodes, but Lena has put out a list of the order that we're going to go in for this episode. We're going to do Carl, Debbie, Kevin V, Lip, Ian and Mickey as a unit, Ian and Mickey separate, Frank and Liam as a unit, Frank and Liam separate, and Fiona. Yes. That is how today is going to go. Let's see how much we end up screaming. <laughs> oh my god, I'm so heated. I, I, I mean, you guys already know I talked a lot on my TikTok about mm-hmm. what I thought. So this is just going to be a lot of me repeating what I thought and then kind of like interacting with you guys. But my god, something my very, god. very wrong with these writers. And like, I want to say right at the top that a lot of people are already using the excuse of like that we've heard for years of, oh, it's shameless. It's messy. It's real life. It was never going to be a complete circle. Nope. You don't no. get to just shrug your shoulders and say it's shameless to get out of lazy writing. No. Because they didn't used to be like that. That's yep. what's so disappointing is that the show used to be so great. Like we can see you were capable of more and you decided not to be. When you have a long time running show that has a large fan base that has stuck with them for so long and for them to half-ass what they did, that's just disrespectful to us as viewers. (laughs) It's not saying Shameless isn't messy. We agree. And that was, like, the whole appeal. But them being messy isn't an excuse for how to wrap up things. You can be both messy and well-written. Exactly. It's disrespectful to the actors, mm-hmm. to the crew, to the directors, like, and, and to the viewers. Mr. John Wells, I'm coming for your ass. I will never understand in my entire life shows that especially are on as long as this show was that can look the fan base in the eye and go, actually, go fuck yourself. We're going to do whatever we want to do. Yep. And referring yeah. to your TikTok, Amanda, I'm literally all the shows who wrapped up beautifully and then, like, as much as we bring up Supernatural all the time, two key examples of long-time running shows that literally just... With devoted fan bases. With devoted fans that they just say, fuck you to them at the end. And personally for me, I don't know if you noticed this, but from watching all of the actors interact in these last couple of weeks talking about the final of the show, I noticed that everyone doesn't seem as emotional and attached to their characters as you would think someone spending 11 years on a show would be. Because 
because I noticed that... I agree. I was going to bring that up. It seems like in earlier seasons, because they were given more to work with, they felt more very close to their characters. And it seems all the actors, like, not saying that, like, they don't care about their characters. They don't care about the work they put in. But it just seems like they're all just so done and they weren't really given much to relate to for their characters and and this being their goodbye i felt i felt very bland for everyone especially like like characters that we've seen leave before like cameron and Mm -hmm. noel when they when we've thought that they have been gone for good before they've posted very sweet very sincere i'm going to miss this character so much and like yeah maybe they didn't do it this time because they've done it before but this time they were just like and peace out like there was no like long I've spent a decade of my life with you about these characters. It seemed like it was like the last day of school and they all were just like, we, we're going to see each other. We don't care that much. Yeah. yeah, it was very obvious that at this point it's become a paycheck. Yeah. Yeah. And it sucks because you could tell that it wasn't like this at one point. I think when, when you leave and come back multiple times, it's just, it, it takes away the emotional impact of leaving because, I mean, Fio- like, Emmy posted a very emotional, heartfelt goodbye to Fiona and still definitely feels that way about her as a character. You know, maybe her time on the show is, like, wasn't, like, behind the scenes wasn't as emotional, but... You could tell she cared about Fiona. Yeah, but Cameron, who's left and come back, and, and Noel, who's left and come back with uncertainty, like, it's, like, they're just used to it at this point. And, like, you would think that, like, Ethan and Emma would be more involved and emotional because, like, they've been on the show literally since they were, like, babies. Like, children. I feel like Emma was pretty... Emma and Shinola seemed the most active and emotional. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they didn't write... Like, Emma, Shinola, and William... Ethan seems like he hasn't been on that show for, like, three years. He doesn't even know he's on the show anymore. <laughs> <laughs> well, because they don't give him anything interesting to do. Yeah. Yeah, but I would say, like, Shinola, Emma, and Bill were pretty involved with posting goodbye stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, Emma didn't write anything super long, but she had that article that came out, um, and she had... She was, like, live t- tweeting the whole night and stuff. So, yeah, I think I think Emma and Shanola and, and Bill were definitely the ones who were most upset to go. Yeah. I guess it also can make sense because they all have become so close to each other over these last couple of years that, like, it doesn't seem more than just, like, a goodbye to them because, like, you know they are going to still see each other outside of Shameless because they've been such a close group of people. Like, not saying, like, everyone's going to hang out with each other, but it seems like everyone has that one or two people part of the cast that they know that they'll be able to see again so it's not as emotional unlike another show that's like they only were commutative because they were on a show together yeah i mean ethan and emma say that they still that they talk every day hang out all the time jeremy and cameron are so close yeah they're all they're all still friends yeah chanel and steve are pretty close I think mm-hmm. that, well, obviously we know that Kate and Noel and Layla are all really close. Mm-hmm. So it's just like, of course, there's still going to be that interaction. But like, I wish that Cameron and Noel realized the um the impact of Ian and Mickey as a queer couple on the show. Like, yeah, they're messed up and they've got issues and all the things. But like the unconventional way that a queer couple was shown on Shameless for so many years was in itself such a groundbreaking thing and I wish they had mm-hmm. acknowledged that more because they're yeah. not stereotypical queer characters it's not a stereotypically queer story and it's it's so heavy and important but they're both cis straight white men so I don't think they realize that's what I was gonna say I don't think they understand because they're both cis straight white men yeah. they don't fully get when fans tell them like your character means so much to me 
me. I relate to them. I don't think they fully grasp that. Like, they're like, oh, thank you. Like, like, I'm honored. And of course you're honored, but it's like, you don't really understand. Yeah, like, they're sweet about it, but they don't, they don't get it. They don't get yeah. how important it was. And so to them, it was just flattering. Mm-hmm. But it's not really like, oh, I'm actually making a dip. I'm actually making an impact. Like, queer actors that play queer characters like um like the guy that plays Schmidt on Grey's Anatomy. He realized how big of a deal it was to have a queer main male character on Grey's Anatomy and he takes it on with with a heavy sense of pride mm-hmm. and like I'm not saying that Nolan Cam don't. Like they claim Ian and Mickey they're they're very proud to have played them. Yeah. But they don't they don't understand the impact of Ian and Mickey's story existing. Mhm. It's yeah. almost like how people praise them a lot for talking about Ian and Mickey like they're not even gay. Like being like, oh, the fact that he's gay doesn't even register to me. He's just like, it's just love. Love is love. It's like, no, I think you need to put that back in a little yeah. bit because it's yeah. important. I think you need, I think you do need to realize that. Yeah. I want to reference like uh, a couple of the actors from Glee, like Chris Colford, Darren Chris, and um, Naya Rivera, rest in peace, my love. Yeah. Um, when that show ended, they all made very large posts realizing how much their characters affected their viewers and like how important and how their queer stories were so important. And like, especially like Darren and Naya, they're both straight, but they knew how much uh, these characters meant to the queer community and their stories and their coming outs and stuff like that. Like they took that so personal and they continued to do stuff like Darren and Naya did to stay involved in the community. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Darren and Naya did stuff for like Trevor Project. Whenever they have interviews, there was a Naya interview when she was like, I literally like a Santana is a part of me. Like she will always be a part of me. Like, it's just like real, like not saying like Cam and Mol- Noel don't realize the impact they have. Like, as you said, Amanda, like, it's not like they don't do it at all, but they don't realize the the greater impact that their characters had. And I guess it also makes sense because the way Glee was more formatted, it made you more involved in their personal stories, as in, like, you were there every single second. Yeah. And I think the tragedies in that show tied people to it to more emotionally, too. Yeah. yeah. Cause, well, because it was about high school kids. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. Shameless now has transitioned to being about adults. I feel like they really did connect more when they were younger. Like, this is not a shading Noel or Cameron at no, all. No, of course it's not. Just it's just using it... it. <laughs> This is a saying as cis straight white men, we don't think they realize the true impact of mm-hmm. their characters and yeah. and what and what they represent, what the what Ian and Mickey as characters, if they were written better in the end, could represent as queer representation on television that is like mm-hmm. that broke that broke molds of what queer characters looked like. And now you see like like quote-unquote butch like non-stereotypical men all over tv but like a decade ago you didn't and that was not that wasn't it and that was why it was so exciting to watch and it's just i don't know it just hurts a lot even in the even in the i didn't watch i didn't watch the full panel i watched you know clips that people uploaded on on i didn't watch any of it when i found out it was pre-recorded i was like i'm pissed off (laughs) i saw i saw clips that people uploaded on twitter but it was just they didn't look excited to be there. It just seemed like another job. The way they talked about the characters, they just, yeah, it just seemed like it was something they were contractually obligated to do. Just like, just like when Noel posts promotional pictures every week, it just feels like something that he's- With the most, like, auto-generated caption. Yeah, it just feels like his publicist was like, they need you to post. 
So let's get into the actual episode, though. And um, as you know, I I watched it again. Did you guys watch it more than once? No, no, I did. I can't. So I have a little bit more. Like I don't know. I I did soften up to it the second time around. But so let's start with uh the char- the characters we want to just get over with. Uh, let's start with Carl. Still a copper meter maid. Okay. I also want to point out. Any any uh, unintentional references I make to this article, I just want to put up at the top. Uh, TV AV Club. Oh yeah, the the writer for uh the person who posted the review for the AV Club reviewing this episode. I feel like he reached into my brain and put it on the page. So any unintentional references I make to that, I uh yeah. Um, but yeah, let's get let's get to Carl. You know what? I just feel really bad for Ethan. I really, I, I feel the same exact way. You could tell, especially once they gave him that cop storyline, he was given nothing to work with, and he seemed like he was also very not interested in it because I feel like a lot of Carl storylines in the past, he was doing so much and like doing funny and crazy and interesting things, but especially with bringing in a cop storyline, especially in the times that it is now. It didn't sit well probably with him and it definitely didn't sit well with us as viewers. And like I said, the article that I read too post talked about Carl's storyline being like they introduced it, the cop storyline and like the whole point of it was Carl being like, these cops are corrupt and this is fucked up and these cops are bad. And at the end of it, we're going to turn the alibi into a cop bar? The alibi of all places, it's literally called the alibi as in where criminals go to have an alibi when they commit a crime. It's fucking funny. I don't know. It's Literally. Just, it was implied that they were going to try to buy the alibi, but there's no way the two of them have enough money. And especially with what v- Kevin V wanted for the alibi, like, even though that guy might have some money put away, mm-hmm. they were still looking for at least, what, 75? Like, 175? The alibi's gonna, gonna bleed into all of our talking points because that's where the final scene took place. But I also think that um, if the writers maybe looked at the other scripts from this season and saw where... Tommy said that his house has felt really alone since he moved out and he spends all of his time at the alibi and that there is a apartment above the alibi that if they had looked at it for four seconds, Tommy could have sold his house and bought the alibi and just lived there. They spent so much time setting it up. They spent so much time setting that up. And they could have kept the Southside pride going. Kermit would still be able to come in and bow because... I feel like Shameless forgot that, like, even though the Barflies, the main two, were Tommy and Kermit, there were so many background characters in every single scene that those people still have places to go to and do. Like, it would keep Shameless alive even though the show was ending. Like, I would have felt more satisfied knowing that the alibi was going to still be around. Why have Tommy and Kermit in the final scene if they weren't going to be important at all? I understand that it's like, oh, we have to pay tribute to them and how big, how big of characters they become and how present they are. But it's like... You gave them no resolution yeah. and you set up this great, great transition to a possible spinoff if they really wanted to make money off of it. This amazing transition to a possible spinoff of Tommy and Kermit taking over the bar. I take back me saying that the actors didn't care about their characters. The way fucking and Jim- Michael, Michael Patrick McGill- and Michael, they love and care about their characters so much, and when they have been given the- And their characters have no depth. And they have nothing. They have no depth. The most we know is that Kermit lives with his disabled sister, and Tommy works in construction. But the fact that those two individuals felt more 
attached to their characters in the main cast. Like, I'm sorry, Jim's TikTok video, <laughs> the montage. I love him so much. But yeah, literally, like, I just, I just keep flashing to that moment where he said his house is empty and his house is lonely and he likes being at the alibi more than he likes being at the house and the alibi has an apartment on it. Why couldn't they just be like, oh, wait, he can sell his home and buy the alibi. He should have offered... And especially making him, especially making him have that conversation with a main character and for that whole conversation just to go out of nowhere, because that's when he's talking to Debbie being like, my house is lonely, move in with me. And she's like, I'd rather kill myself. But still. Wasn't that in episode 10 and that was the writer that we actually respect? Correct. If only Mm -hmm. she had been able to write the finale. I'm sorry, we transitioned from Carl over to Tommy and Kermit just because of the alibi of it all. But let's, let's wrap up whatever carl's was he's still a ticket made ticketing people who are taking handicapped spots that aren't handicapped so it's like he's doing fucking nothing for the community that he's claiming he wants to defend and especially when the cop rolled up he was like here's your burger and he then the cop was like look at him he's he's taking all these gentrifiers out i'm like weren't you just an asshole to all of these people not like two episodes ago being like oh he's fine let him kick them out let them get arrested i'm like what the writer of this episode did not read that script or watch that episode the writer of this episode was john wells (laughs) (laughs) fuck you john fuck you john you didn't give us a promo box you didn't give us a promo chocolate box we don't like you (laughs) i said in my tiktok that this finale was either written by somebody who's never seen the show before or somebody who has hated it for years and john wells has hated this show for years you know what? They could have they could have given an AI every single script from Shameless and had them write the final, and it would probably have been better than what happened. Ever since all of the women from Shameless started stepping up and saying, we are not going to do more nudity, John Wells was like, I fucking hate it here. I can't do <laughs> no this anymore. No more boobs. I, I won't make any no money. More bo- no more booby. Like, yeah, so Carl had a disappointing ending because he truly didn't even have anything to do this season. You said a few episodes ago that they stopped caring about Carl the Gallagher and only put it on Carl the Cop. And this season was just Carl the Cop. It was not Carl the Gallagher anymore. And you could tell Ethan was so tired. So bored. The one important thing that they did was when he had the thing with Tish, which first of all, they failed that storyline by totally erasing the fact that he was assaulted. Second of all, when he ran into her and she was pregnant as shit, why do that? Why? That added if nothing there's, else if there's to his no, line. That added absolutely nothing to the story at, because they didn't bring it up again. It was wasted screen time. I'm going to assume that he's not the father of her baby because she was way too pregnant for the timeline to make sense, but... So, rest in peace, Carl. Uh, that's, that's a wrap on Carl. Deserved more. He deserved better. I thought it was kind of cute at the reference of the bar becoming a cop bar not because i wanted to but i'm glad that they were giving carl some more of an outside thing than just being a cop from now on but of course a stupid ugly cop bar where the alibi is is stupid and ugly and i hate it yeah and i hate you john wells i'm gonna eat your socks (laughs) it's a bootlicker it was it was upset the way that season 11 could have thrived if Vigilante Carl was a thing. Vigilante Carl would have been so fucking We cool. could have- If activist Carl was a thing. If community organizer Carl was a thing. Because he cares so much about the community. And and that's that on that. Um, we and- love you, Carl Gallagher. Like, I, it makes me so upset because there was a time, I'm gonna say probably like season 8, season 9 is when- 
everyone, it was, it was the Carl show. Everyone who watched Shameless was because they liked Carl and Carl was doing so many interesting things. Like I'm not, not saying like- Not because he was doing that interesting of things. It's because people were thirsting. Yeah, I'm yeah. too old for that. I'm too old to have participated in that. I'm at a point where I'm like, no. Yeah, there was like, it was like his show for a time. And then I could tell that so many viewers who watched it for him because they thought he was attractive, quote unquote, because yeah. they enjoyed Post him. Post getting out of the drug game, like his whole storyline with Kelly when he's like going to military school and stuff, people really did enjoy yeah. that. Yeah. I could never get into people thirsting over him because I have fully been an adult for eight years. So, yeah. no. Emma and yeah. um, Ethan are both, like, exactly a year older than me. The, both of their birthdays are in, like, September or, like, August, uh, and they're 99, so they're exactly, like, a year older than me. Yeah, so when people started thirsting over a teenager, I was like, I need to remove myself from this situation. <laughs> yeah, because they're both 21. It's like, it's like, I can look at Emma now and be like, okay, well, she's fine as hell, but that's because I'm almost 19 years old and it's appropriate for me to say yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> and speaking of Emma, um, let's go ahead and get out of the way. The, the article that I mentioned earlier also mentions that the character that they brought in to be her girlfriend is supposed to be an ode to Jimmy Steve, which is such a slap in the fucking face to Jimmy Steve. It's ridiculous. Um, is that what they said? Yeah, they said that? That is the most incorrect. In the article, they're like, I realized halfway into it that this was supposed to be like a brand new Jimmy Steve. Like her Jimmy Steve because of the whole- And which comes to light when she steals the car and Debbie's like, I'm in love. I'm like, they're trying to do Jimmy <gasps> Steve right now? The viewers, my, my jaw is locked right now. I'm very upset with that information I've just learned. That was the worst that was the i'm sorry i'm sorry but that is the worst worst owed to jimmy steve in the entire world correct the whole point about jimmy steve is that the only reason he lied was to protect the family because he actually did care about them oh this bitch is telling her to bring franny with her to texas with for uh drug cartels debbie stays putting franny in danger for no damn reason at all and it's just like, leave franny with ian and mickey let them babysit her for a long long time because it's like i've accepted that debbie's a piece of shit yeah i'm like okay go debbie Go. I just, I don't care. Go. I'm gonna bark at Debbie. But leave your kid. Leave here. your kid with Lip. Leave your kid with Ian and Mickey. Leave your kid behind. I'd rather leave, her, fucking have her leave her with Liam of all people. Like, yeah. but not, I wouldn't trust her own mother to be responsible for her. For real. Like, not at all. And also, it's just like, it brings up the point again. What was the point of having Sandy stick around for so long? Just for them to kick her out for three episodes and then. An anticlimactic breakup four episodes before the yeah. end. Uh, why my okay here's my thing about what is the girl's name i didn't even learn her name the, i didn't i didn't pay attention heidi? heidi yeah heidi heidi got a last name she was in the she was in two episodes she got a last name trevor was there for two seasons and did not <laughs> i didn't hate heidi i thought her character was pretty interesting i was kind of involved and i was curious of what was gonna happen if it wasn't but the series I, finale but if it but because it right. was the series finale and they brought her in an episode before the series finale that's where i have my beef because she could have been very interesting in the beginning of this season or bring her in last season but the fact that they made us learn her whole life story in two episodes when we have seven main characters who are waiting to get that wrap up for it to be wasted on her and especially when we were talking about last episode she got five solo scenes like four or five solo scenes and also introducing the idea of heidi and the idea of debbie throwing away her responsibilities and running away with that person is i think also a slap in the face to fiona's characterization because they they kept comparing debbie to fiona it, but it also undercuts any arc that debbie could have had to have her just keep running and keep being irresponsible 
pushing her out on her own and making her stand on her own two feet is the more interesting ending. And they chose not to do it. It actually provides some resolution to Debbie's character because it's like, she's like, it's putting her out of that pattern that she's fallen into Mm -hmm. of being so dependent on other people since like season four. Her and Lip didn't have any beef this episode, correct? She didn't bring up the selling the house. Yeah, she did. She did. No, no, she did. And she was being a bitch about it. She was being a Was it the very beginning of the episode, right? Yeah. When they were in the kitchen, she was like, so the plans for the house fell through. Like, I've never been happier to see somebody fail. And Tammy gave her that look. Oh, that look Tammy gave her. I was like, ooh, get her, get her, get her, get her. Get her ass. Her having a Jimmy, Steve, Fiona run off into the sun ending undercuts Fiona. It undercuts any positive resolution Debbie could have had. It, yeah. it takes away any character development. Like if these last two episodes, if two episodes ago she'd given up fighting Lip about the house and and moved to stand on her own two feet, that's the more satisfying story. That's the ending that makes more sense and makes me happier to see. But John Wells hates us, so. And really, and really just started caring about her kid. I mean, now that I think about it, I'm like, well, the decision to do that, because obviously Debbie's a piece of shit, and it's like, okay, the decision to full send her being a piece of shit, like, with the end, Frank's monologue being like, you remind me a lot of Monica, and in a bad way. Yeah, that was (laughs) funny as fuck. It's like, oh, yeah, she sucks. Yeah, she's the worst. (laughs) She was the only one who got a negative thing. (laughs) Well, Carl kind of got a negative thing, but Debbie's was like, "Mm, you're insane, and just moved on. Like, it was... No, Carl's was just like, I never really could figure you out, but you're a cop now, and then- That's literally the writers being like, we don't- we didn't know what to do with Carl the last two seasons. We didn't know what to do with him. He was just silly, and then Kevin Viet was like, you're overrated as friends, you're always sticking your nose <laughs> in our business. But it was like, in a fond that way. That was funny. That was like, he's so right, but I'm like, those characters added more to the plot than anything. Yeah. That's actually a perfect transition to Kevin V. That felt like a slap in the face to Shinola and to Kevin, too. Carl, I could never really figure you out, was the writers, like you said, yeah, was the writers going, we we didn't know what to do. Debbie, you're insane, was the, was the writers speaking to us. And then Kevin V, Kevin V actually had very interesting stories up until this season. Up I agree. In, like, moving to Louisville is the only interesting story they had this season. Yeah, I thought the thing about the the Reds and the and the Bengals jerseys were so funny. That was funny. so funny. Especially because I'm, I'm from Ohio and it's like, the Bengals suck. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody likes them because they're just a really bad team. The Bengals and the Browns, like, we have no good pro football teams. So... Given shit. It was funny. I was like, I was like, damn. But yeah, Kevin V were literally just, fi- like we said, they ended their story two episodes ago. They were just like yep. filler for this whole, and like we said earlier, if the- if selling the alibi to Tommy had happened, their whole story would have had a more satisfying conclusion. Exactly. Because now we, all we know is that they're moving to Louisville. That That's it. They're moving to Louisville. That's all we were I given. I feel like we really need to emphasize, yes, you can have endings that leave questions unanswered. But when you don't even bother to write an ending at all. When you have a whole season that doesn't give the characters anything. Leaving an ending open. It just felt like another mid-season episode to me. Yeah. It didn't feel like it, an, it didn't feel like the end. Moving to a new place is an open ending. But moving to a new place with a purpose is an interesting open-ended. And mm-hmm. like Right? Yeah. That and then it's just... Also, I feel like we should disclaim, if you like the finale... Get out of good. here. Great for, good, <laughs> good for you. It, well, but it's also like good for good you, for but you. you might not want to stick around and listen to us just talk shit about yeah. it. But good for you. I wish I was you. We have such strong about opinions about this 
episode. Like, it's not us shitting on it completely because we still have to enjoy it because we're there were There were good things. I cannot emphasize enough. I have been watching this show since my parents and I were watching something on Showtime. That episode ended and then a new series, Shameless, started. And we watched it. Like, I've watched it from the second it premiered. And then between every season, I binged the whole season and based a large part of my personality on being a shameless fan. And Mm -hmm. we are so, like, I personally, it's been 11 years of my life I've been devoted to this show. And the fact that I felt nothing during this finale. Six years of my life. Probably six years for me, too. Yes, Evan and I, I got Evan to start, so it was, like, around the same mm-hmm. time. Yeah, six, like, basically six years of my life, my, almost my entire, like, the latter half of my, like, my te- my preteen years, mm-hmm. and then the entirety of my teenage mm-hmm. years was spent just, like, interacting with this fan base mm-hmm. and watching this and, show. And, like, we can reference... Why are we all communicating? It's because we all like the show and we would talk about the show together. Lena literally introduced me to the show and then when Amanda saw I was watching the show, me and her started talking about the show and then we that's and then here we are fucking 11 yeah, years so and 6 years later we're running yeah. a podcast for a show that has meant so much for us. So there is there were really good moments yeah. of the episode. There were, but overall it was a bad finale. It wasn't a bad episode. It was a bad finale and that should say something coming from us three especially our journey with shameless if we can say with our whole chests how we feel about this show that 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 should be more impact than what the writers have been giving us at all we are three people who have sat through the ending of glee the ending of supernatural and now the ending of this we know what a bad finale looks like we know what a bad finale looks like and we know what good finales look like Mm -hmm. too keep i made this video earlier like like the show winona earp also ended this week but winona earp ended knowing its fans loved it knowing it owed something to them and sending it out with love and giving everybody a positive open-ended happy ending and yeah, and I know I know you guys don't watch Workaholics, but Workaholics had a perfect series ending. It was perfect, and it was open-ended. Yeah. And that's what happens when you care, because the same people who are involved in the production are acting in it. So it's like, that's what happens when you care. Exactly. We've said almost nothing at all about Kevin V, because there was nothing to say about them in this episode. Because there's nothing to say, because as we said, they wrapped up their storyline two episodes ago, so they've only been the fillers for everyone else's storylines and especially in this episode yeah. kev was just used to let ev- to let everyone know to come by the alibi at seven which is such a disservice to shinola because shinola cares about veronica so much so shinola much. cares about this show so much and to give her absolutely nothing to do in the finale is such a slap in the face the way yeah. she just watching her instagram story when she was directing that episode you could tell she was putting her everything her every ounce of herself into this directing job and for their for her to get that type of send-off i can't imagine how shinola feels because when i say probably v is one of the strongest characters on shameless out of the entire series and for her to not even get half the shit that she's put into the show it's truly insane it is dis it's disrespectful to her like frankly and it makes me upset i could give a shit about steve howie but i am mad about how disrespectful it is to shinola the way that this ending happened. Hi guys, my sitters, my my sister my is sitting, sitting in. Hello, so listeners, if you hear any anybody else in the background that is Lena's sister that is joined, who has who is currently on season three of the show. So 
Correct. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We are going crazy on we them. We are. By the way, we will be getting back to season three. We might take a week off after we post this, but like I've already done the season three episode four notes. We are pushing forward until the three of us like hate each other. Like we're, we're yeah. going to, to do this until... Which would be so hard to imagine because I love you so much. Amanda, isn't it? Aren't we coming up on our one year? We are. We're coming up our one year of this podcast. Holy fuck. Yeah. It's, it's fucking bonkers. Uh, but, so we've covered Carl, Debbie, Kevin V. There's nothing more to say about Kevin V, right? Let's get into Lip and the absolute fucked upness of his- You could tell in the story of Lip that what you said last episode was true, Lena. That John Wells lets people write the episode without looking at the context of any other episode. Because the when he picked up that beer in the beginning of the season, and then we never heard anything about it ever again why no resolution on his sobriety why have him break it in the first place we have that but then also that whole cigarette scene too what the fuck well yeah yeah yeah. she was like are you gonna smoke that because the whole thing was he was trying to quit or he has quit because of fred he i think he's quit he i think he's quit since um remember because he had a jewel and when ian gets out of jail yeah but then after that he like he and we haven't seen him smoke on screen but then he picked that cigarette back up and started smoking yeah. again i was like broke that sobriety too what I, like for me i internalized that as them like it was like a kind of like a little nudge at his sobriety being like he's not 100 percent sober but we're not going to show you if he's actively drinking or not but we're going to have him or participating in a yeah or coming back to an old habit which he's been trying to quit since he had a child and the Tammy of it all, too. Um, Like, the reviewer that I mentioned earlier also mentioned that the show blatantly ignores people that are below the poverty line that actually do pay really close attention to their birth control to make sure they do not have accidental pregnancies that they cannot fucking afford. It would be one thing if they introduced this halfway into the season so that because Kate went whoops, I'm pregnant and they didn't want to hide the baby bump. But mm-hmm. she was actively three, four months pregnant at that point. You could see her bump if yep. you looked closely. Especially and, in this episode yeah. when we were on FaceTime. Tammy saying, I think I'm pregnant in the series finale served nothing but to trap Lip in this you are never going anywhere storyline. Further emphasized by him having that moment, that brilliant moment delivering to that tech guy, solving his problem and it going nowhere. Yep. I wish he would have gotten a job from that so bad. I thought the guy was going to be like, oh my God, can you help me next time? Oh my God. And then especially the way they emphasized this of like, I just made four grand. I just made four grand. I was waiting for it. Like, oh, here's like 500 bucks. Thanks. For Lip to be like, oh, maybe I should get into trading stocks. I think I would be really good at it. Because we all forget Lip fucking did all that hacking shit. Lip is a literal genius. He's a literal genius. He's the definition of wasted potential. Wasted potential, not just not just Lip as a character, but the way that they handled mm-hmm. him in the writer's room, the definition of wasted potential. That character had so much going for him. Lip's whole thing, and especially like uh, like previous Frank monologues, he always would emphasize like Lip's so much smarter than the South Side. Like there's no, he's too smart for where he is. And for them to- He ended as an Uber Eats delivery driver. Yep. Oh, sorry. Zippy, Zippy Zebra. zebra. And even before that, this is not disrespect on anybody who does, like, who works on cars, who works on motorcycles. It's not disrespect saying that that is not a skill because it is an intense skill and you have to be very good at what you're doing to do that. But him, like, him settling in that 
when he's got that, like, IQ of, like, a fucking genius, and the writer's forgetting that and never pushing him forward at all. And he fucking knows that he's Mm -hmm. smart, too. That was the thing. He always knew that he was so much better than everybody else. And it's just, like, like Carl said, talent is distributed equally, opportunity isn't. He had the chance. Yeah, and it would be one thing if he, like, was running his own shop and everything was cool and he was moving forward like like I did like those didn't they mention yeah. something with Brad? Brad was like um he was gonna open up his garage and start trying to take in old clients and I thought that was nice but you could tell Lip was just like nope Lip didn't even believe that nope. was gonna happen yeah like yeah also who is Shelby the the house selling guy that Lip was like I yeah, think who, they might buy who's the Shelby? house we've never met Shelby before we've never met this man before <laughs> another thing uh like Lip Tammy relevancy how much of a plot freaking brad and his wife's baby was and for is that baby alive or not now we just know nothing about no they said a while ago the baby was fine but it's just like and now we just don't care about them like that only existed to push into the shop is being sold lip is losing his job they're losing the house like that only existed to push that forward but yeah it went it went nowhere it went nowhere because these writers do not communicate with each other. They're sworn to secrecy and they have to pass notes to get it's things so done. It's so upsetting. Like, they, they write an episode like a game of telephone. <laughs> Shameless, writes, Shameless writes a season like a game of telephone. No, they do Mad Libs. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's just so upsetting because it's just being a viewer and, like, audibly knowing all of these things. And then you're like, ah, you're like, like, I don't have no words to articulate because it's just so, so frustrating. <laughs> Lip, you're the closest thing to a dad we ever had let's break that down it's because they wanted to draw some frank dying frank was the patriarch of it all it is very important the parenthood thing is very important to this show except it isn't and it never has been like well but it's like yes they're right lip was the oldest male in the family he's the closest thing to a dad they've ever had but their real parental figure the person who was both mom and dad was fiona she was mom and dad Okay, she was not just mom. The closest thing to a dad we ever had is really only true for, like, Liam. Yeah. He, like, made sure that the other ones didn't die. But he, like, took care of Liam from Mm -hmm. such a young age. Yeah. And especially- Well, Debbie and Carl, I feel like we're at an age where it was fine. But for Ian to say that to Lip was weird because I felt like they operated as equals most of the time. Yeah, like, for me, I felt like the Ian and Lip dynamic was just, like, Lip the big brother who helps Ian out. Like, I, I didn't- ever stretch it as far as but he's not even that much older he's older than him by a year and it's just because he's so much smarter than him that he was like oh this guy's like my dad no bestie that's your brother that's your brother dude they were like partners in crime they're like if you're getting arrested i'm getting arrested with you like he was the brains and ian was the brawn and the beauty he was the beauty too I also wanted to bring up, like, the whole idea of them having another kid. And obviously there was a little line where, and we'll get into Ian and Mickey, where he was like, oh, well, we can take the kid off your hands. Um, Tammy literally said, she was like, we are having a hard enough time keeping a roof over the head of the one baby we have. And they're also taking in Liam. Yeah. And Ian it was felt financially stable enough to offer to offer Lip his share of the house if they sell to Shelby. Mm-hmm. That I feel like it would really make more sense if Liam went with Ian and Mickey. Yeah. yeah. Or if Lip hadn't turned that down and been like, "No, you take it out of pride." Like, no, actually, Lip, you need another fifteen thousand dollars right you now. You should take it. You need it. Ian said that they're doing fine. Yeah, and like also freaking uh we didn't touch on uh, the the emphasis of uh, Lip and Tammy's conversation when Tammy literally was just like. You choose where we live. Okay, Queen, where's been that for the last freaking season where you've been bullying him for to move out and the cell and all this stuff for her to just be like, 
I don't care anymore. I'm like, I didn't like that wrap up. They never bothered to give Tammy a personality outside of nagging wife. That's the only personality they ever gave her. The personality they gave her before they started dating was she was just a crazy sex addict that her and Lip just would fuck around and like, I don't know. It was just like the way they just had her just be like, I don't care anymore. And I'm not saying that like that wasn't a bad thing to say because I'm actually kind of glad that like Lip was given like she was like, you figure it out. I will go where you go because I want us three to be together. But then it that disregards Tammy's Tammy fighting him for the last season about moving out and selling and doing all these things. It just I was like they didn't know what to do with her. Yeah, because now it's almost implying because if Ian's the only one who moved out and him and Mickey are doing fine enough financially that they wouldn't even need their cut of the house, then why would they sell the house at all? If they needed it, Ian would have never said that. Yeah, right. Because he's not, he doesn't fuck around. Yeah, he wouldn't just like dangle that in front of Lip. No, he was literally audibly being like, take my money. Yeah, so it's just like, then then that sort of implies, see, this is why I hate this fucking open ending because it's like, oh, well, now I'm starting to think then logically they shouldn't sell the house and Lip is kind of leaning towards, okay, maybe we shouldn't do that because I need a place to live, Liam needs a place to live, Debbie needs a place to live, and we wouldn't even get that much money from selling anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially with it being cut between six people, yeah. five people. Yeah. Like, why move somewhere that you have to pay rent and keep up with things when you own that house and can just stay there? I mean, the house does have some pretty strong structural damage, not gonna lie. But, like, eventually the developers will come by again. Eventually the developers will want to keep moving over into that vacant lot. Especially with them emphasizing that empty lot. Like, Like, get another couple years out of it and get more money for the house. Like, that empty lot, people, someone would definitely buy that end house buy the second lot and then just build whatever the fuck they want there like that makes that's so realistic and for them just to be like good night it makes more sense for them to stay take a year or two to fix the house up and then wait for the developer to come knocking again Mm -hmm. so moving on from lip and let's transfer over to we'll do ian and mickey as a unit and then we'll do ian and then we'll do mickey so ian and mickey as a unit in this episode i I'm happy that they are happy and together at the end of the series. That is the only thing that I am satisfied by is that they are married and happy and together. The rest of it was bullshit. Yeah, I understand. Uh, so basically in this episode, it so it was the, the Ian and Mickey's anniversary. So March 21st. Which would mean that they got married on March 21st, married 2020. During the during pandemic. During the pandemic. Yeah, so that is yeah, a huge plot so that's hole. one plot hole. First and of all, another thing I noticed is that continuously throughout the episode, Ian's like, "Oh, what day is it? Oh my god, what day is it?" But then at the end, obviously, Mickey was super sweet, and he ended up throwing a surprise party for their anniversary. But Ian didn't say anything all fucking day either. Ian didn't say a fucking thing all day either, so he had a grudge. And Mickey planned the fucking wedding too, dude. How can Ian be like? Ah, uh, la la la, it's the 21st. Do you know what day it is? Do you know what day it is? The 21st? And just not, and not even say anything to him. Ian didn't yep. get him anything. Ian didn't plan anything. <laughs> How could he be mad at Mickey for quote unquote forgetting when he didn't do shit? He didn't say happy anniversary when they woke up. Here is my one thing that would have made me even forgive the way that Mickey was acting in the whole episode. If in that scene, outside of the alibi, when Ian looked crushed, I if said Mickey this. had just given up on the surprise and broken that stupid dumbass facade and been like, babe, Go inside, I'm begging you. Like, just break, just break for one second. 
because he does have that whole like persona at least in the earlier seasons like i'm i'm thinking very specifically like season three like last episode when when he was like come on i need to show you something like in my room in the last episode and ian's like no thanks like i'm good and he's like come on like Mm come on in like it's it's like where was that energy and it was it's really so i saw a tiktok the other day so it was like this married couple and it's this guy recording his husband and he goes the stoner husband uh i think so i think so and so he was like hey honey what day is it and the guy was like i don't know what fucking day it is why would i need to know what day it is blah 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 and then basically at the end of the video he was like it's your birthday and he was like what the fuck and then he goes We've been awake for three hours and you haven't wished me a happy birthday. <laughs> yeah, it's like you haven't, because it's like, how could he be like, how could Ian be like, I cannot believe you forgot our anniversary and w- you didn't say anything to him first. It, it, it was 7 p.m. by the time they went to the alibi and Ian was just holding a grudge, uh, holding a grudge all day. And like, yeah, and even that, even that moment in the beginning of the episode when it was clear that Mickey was, was planning something. Dude, Ian is so oblivious. We had that one second that it was clear that Mickey was planning something. And in the rest of the episode, Mickey was like, I'm a big dumb idiot. Let me act like a big dumb idiot the whole time. And all we needed was one moment. Like, I guess they thought that the moment when they entered the alibi and Mickey was like, haha, give me a kiss was enough. But it wasn't enough. It wasn't no. enough. It wasn't enough. Especially with what we were given last episode. I'm not satisfied with the scenes we were given this episode. How hard would it have been for them to make his last line Ian Gallagher? For him to stand there exasperatingly looking at his husband and go, Ian Gallagher. Like, how hard would that have been? Poetic, poetic justice. Also, I'm pretty sure he had a different last line because we saw those stills that got cut. They didn't need to do that. They didn't need to release the promotional stills after the episode already aired showing us that they cut another ian and mickey scene it's also just like why why could they not have mickey throughout the day make it more clear that he was planning something like hey can we hurry this shut up i really want to be on time for that thing at the alibi yeah like it's also (laughs) that's so funny oh that sounds really great kev what time were you thinking of doing that because he knows that ian is just so stupid he's like what time were you what time were you thinking of doing that that scene was so good but then it was the only good mickey moment in the whole episode except for the baby conversation which we said last week we would be happy to have a baby conversation. And there was even a line that set up perfectly in what they already wrote of Mickey going, of Ian saying, there must be a little Milkovich running around there somewhere. And the look on Mickey's face, how hard would it have been for him to be like, Yevgeny? Like, how hard would that have been? I have a son. There is. I have a son. There is, and it fucking sucked for me. Like, not, I think I'll be a bad dad. It's, I already was a bad dad and I feel guilty about it because that's a whole complicated situation that we're not judging him for the way that he treated Yevgeny because it was a really horrible situation that brought Yevgeny into the world. Yes. However, Mickey surely has remorse over not being a father to, we don't even know if it's actually his son, but Mickey surely has remorse over that. But the writers forget that he even has Yevgeny and they're like, well, my dad was bad, so I'll be bad. Like, no, you have a traumatic experience being a father already with this man. They literally had Ian fucking co-parent him. Ian took more responsibility over Yevgeny in those scenes specifically too. Mickey never wanted to hold that baby until he had to. 
And the Ian line, we'll just steal the baby. That look on Nikki's face after Ian said, we'll just steal the baby. I was triggered. Were you triggered? Because what the fuck? I was, I, I was like, uh. It's like, do we interpret that scene as that they, they, they remember or they just wrote that in because they don't fucking know shit about this show? Because Ian stealing that baby was like the worst moment of Mickey's life. Yep. That was such an intense scene. And it was. Because that was when it really, that was when it really clicked for him that Ian is like, beyond his help that ian needed professional help like the potential in the porn thing the potential in that scene in kevin v's house was so palpable wasted potential if they had gotten like two to three more minutes in that scene to talk about the heavy like you don't want to be a dad we kind of already were dads and we were good at it and that like we were good at it and until it ended and that situation was fucked up and i was fucked up and we'll be better this time and like just more just more of a conversation also mickey being able to hug his husband back would have been yeah that's what exactly what i was about to mention i thought it was very sweet of ian to comfort him and like bring him close and hug him Literally, Mickey was man emoji. He was stiff as a board, and Ian was just like, boom, bear hug. Like, I understand it was an awkward conversation for Mickey because he didn't really like the conversation that was going on, but I'm like, you're, it's your husband, dude. You can hug him back. This conversation didn't put a halt on your relationship. It's not affecting your relationship. For him just to be like... It's also like how... like. First of all, this is not the first time they've had baby conversation. Yep. Okay. They had it before the wedding. How how is Mickey gonna act like he didn't know that Ian wanted kids? All Ian has ever done is like want kids, basically. Because Ian wants to be a dad so bad. Because he wants to be a better father than fucking Frank. He took care of his siblings. He took care of Yogini, and he loved taking care of Yogini. And he talked about it all the time. It's like, how are they really gonna act like Mickey doesn't know that? And especially during gay Jesus things, when he was taking care of like all those like homeless LGBT youths and like doing all that shit, he cares about kids and people so much. And like even specifically Yogini, when when he's in the hospital in season five, he's like, I took care of that baby. I made sure nothing bad happened to that baby. I, I love that, that baby, baby. dude. It's just it's just fucking wasted potential. Honestly, they could have just cut that furniture scene because, like, while it was funny to see Ian arguing with that Trump supporter lady, it was just, like, it's dumb as hell. Throwback to when the show cut out Mickey shit-talking Trump in the wedding episode. Traded in Vader. Wait, is that a deleted scene? No, he, sitting at the table, is talking about all of the bad guys who have won, and you see Noel's mouth say the word Trump, and they had him ADR in the word Vader. No way. 1,000%. That's so fucking funny. I 1, hate this percent. show. Thank God this show is over. <laughs> Dude, it's like the wasted potential of it all. It could have been so easy. It could have been so good. All the writers had to do was read one, one fan fiction and they would be like, oh my God, we know exactly what to say. Okay, so let's get into the Ian side of why we're disappointed character wise. I, I don't, I, they, his, he's not wrapped up. I don't know. I don't, I don't like that we know nothing about Ian. Like, of all of the characters, they are the most set up for a future. They're the most, we're like, okay, they moved and they have their jobs and life is going to go on and maybe they'll, they are, they're the most wrapped up of any of the stories, but they're still not wrapped up at all. Yep. Like, it's, we lost any depth to Ian's character at the beginning of season 11 because it's like, even in season 10, he had that whole thing of like, leaving Mickey at the altar and him having to address like, why he is so scared to get married, Mm -hmm. like in general as a step. And so it's just like, they made Ian so boring. He was honestly so boring boring to watch. He was the fucking, it's like how 
in the early days of Always Sunny, they wrote D as like the moral compass who would just be like, come on, you guys. Like that was Ian this season. Mm -hmm. It was boring as shit. And it's just like, I miss happy-go-lucky, sassy, mean Ian from like the earlier seasons. And I feel like, like, and not even like saying like, uh, they need to make sure, like always be like, he's very bipolar. There was no mention of his like bipolar. He took his meds in the opening scene. Somebody clocked it that he took his meds in the opening scene. He did take his meds. (gasps) Yo. And every time they're in the room, you can see the pill bottles like on the table, but it's just like, it's like, they made that such a large thing for Ian's character and not saying that like, obviously like, He's taking meds. Of course, they don't need to talk on it. I'm like, it's still a thing that affects his everyday to day life. And they made it such a prominent subject for him to like, be taking his meds on time and for him to especially when he was first becoming an EMT being like, you guys are discriminating because of my disability. My disability is what makes me want to do these things. And like, I'm sure it's a thing that scratches Mickey's brain. Like if Ian gets up too early to go for a run, Mickey could be like, did you? You slept last night, right? Like there it, there had little, yeah, just yeah. little moments like that. I just that and it's like i wish i wish they actually showed mickey caring about ian this season mickey just seemed like he was it seemed like they weren't even husbands they were just friends that to me it just seemed like they were friends they were just really good friends yeah yeah they were just going about the town buying shit and it doesn't matter they're married like in season 10 even when they were fighting or or yep. like it, i have to protect him i'm not going to run you you have to figure yourself out before i can marry you like at there was the love and the tender care that was in season 10. There wasn't any of that. And it's like, they just did not know how to write them as a married couple. I'm not saying that I didn't love seeing Ian's side of actually giving a shit about Mickey for once. Like, I mm-hmm. did love seeing that of like, you're not like your dad, you're a good man, but why can't we have both? But it's like, why can't when when he's like on the phone, like, oh, Frank actually like didn't, like, he's fine, he left, like he didn't die. It's just like- are you okay? Why was there no scene of Ian coming home? Frank has dementia and him just being like, oh my God, yeah. are you okay? Like, it's just like, where is that Ian's energy? an EMT. He probably has dealt with people with dementia before and stuff like that. Yeah, like the episode where Mickey's dad dies and Ian's dad gets diagnosed with dementia. We got no follow-up scene of the two of them checking in with each other. It felt like something was so missing. Like, yep. obviously, what like that's a good dramatic ending, but then it's, like, the start of the next episode, the worst episode of the season, Survivors, episode nine. It's, like, the start of the next episode just immediately jumped into it like they had already discussed it. And it's just, like... It feels like they really, really, really played on the whole, we don't care about Frank this season. I'm like, yeah, we've been going on about how they don't like Frank. They don't really care about Frank, whatever. But especially at being dealing with dementia, I was kind of disappointed that there, besides Liam, really, no one had any emotion towards the dementia diagnosis at all. At Which all. is so funny, because this is like the first season that they have just dared to to not give a shit about Frank at all. And this is yeah. the first season that I gave so much of a shit about Frank. Yep. It's like even in season the early seasons three and four, it's like when Frank was missing, they looked for him. When mm. Frank was dying, they went to the hospital to see him. Like it's like mm-hmm. at the end of the day, like Frank is a piece of shit, but they had a better relationship with him than Mickey Say had with Terry. Like it's like Oh yeah. Because Terry was just so much worse. It's like they should have cared. Not saying that they still can't have all of that, like 
resentment towards him because that's one billion cent valid because Frank fucking sucks. But especially at being dementia and like just me being a viewer and how heavily affected I was by this season watching Frank's storyline, I can't imagine that there's own children in this television show didn't have as much as I fucking felt. Like a thing that could have fixed the feelings that I had for Debbie in this season would be Debbie seeing how broken Frank is and a little bit of that daddy's girl coming back. Because freaking Debbie was the... Debbie was literally a Frank truther for, like, the first, <laughs> like, truther. five seasons. And for her not even to have a corresponding thing with her father. Her just being like, eh, Frank's Like, dead. a little bit of that daddy's girl nature coming back. And a little bit of that love and care coming back for Frank. Could have redeemed her. Because she was the one who waited for him. Carl had his moment in season four when Frank was dying of, like, the liver failure. And he, he shaved his head that scene. Ooh. They spent so much time, season six and seven, when they were developing Lip's alcoholic storyline, comparing him to Frank, saying, you are doomed to become your father. Why did they not have Lip reckon with that in, in, in comparison with his own sobriety? Frank literally got dementia because he drank too much. How could they mm -hmm. not have Lip be like, oh my god, this is scaring me so Like, if they had just remembered that they threw Lip off of his sobriety at the beginning of the season and then see that, the power that that could have held mm -hmm. it would have been poetic i need to just rewrite this whole season <laughs> i think i should just write a big long fan fiction and rewrite the whole season in season nine uh th this wasn't the scene between lip but this was a scene between frank and fiona when frank is talking to fiona about her drinking he was like you're a bad drunk like being like you're not fun you're not doing it good like it almost kind of reminded me of like how they made it so like in your face up being like lips becoming frank and i'm like we literally had a scene of fiona and frank lips becoming frank fiona's becoming frank like it's like yeah we literally already had that like interaction with fiona and of course fiona's gone so we didn't go anywhere with that storyline because fiona left ian was becoming monica debbie's becoming monica and it's like okay what about carl what about liam well liam's too young for science to show no liam's a baby but like still everyone forgot about him this yeah, episode so jumping back to the ian and mickey of it all too though sorry um lena you said there was some paper that you wanted to mention about mickey so amanda wrote a very lovely paper uh her what year of college was that for that you? was my sophomore year of college that was 2015 at right at the end yeah. of season four it is linked on our website it's called the dissection of an uncommon thug a study of mickey milkovich right so yes, it's at the bottom of our website if anyone wants to catch it amanda up. wrote this this very lovely 30 page paper about mickey and his characterization and i wanted to bring up how they completely ruined mickey's character I think it really started last season, but it was just so pertinent in this season that I feel like it's so, I feel like everybody should go read that paper and just like really sit and think about who Mickey was seasons one through even season like five and seven, yeah. like who mm -hmm. he was and how, how layered he was. He had the soft side, but also the more abrasive side and also the funny side. And they just fucking decimated it in season 11. What? The way I felt is because the fandom was very, very strong about wanting Mickey back and wanting Galovich back, I don't think the writers or John Wells interpreted it the way we wanted it. We were just asking for Mickey back to be in the series again. 
we weren't asking it to become the Galavitch show of Ian and Mickey being caricatures of themselves. Just Of them being the comic relief. Them being the comic relief and doing all these things. I'm like, we we are happy that we did get him back, but I think they interpret it as in they're like, oh, they want Mickey back, so we have to make sure that they're entertained every single episode. Thing. We have to make sure they're not dramatic and all this stuff. Like, I live on angst. I live on angst. Yeah. On the emotional tenderness between them, of them of yep. them saying it's us, the two of us, against the world. Where was that? Of all the highlighted best moments of Ian and Mickey, of course, some of them are, are the good kisses. Some of them are the good moments and the wedding and all that. But, like, he's fucking family when, when Ian is in his depressive episode. Dropping Ian off at the mental hospital. Like, them having to fight and claw and grab to to have each other. To be with the each other. The angst and the emotional mm-hmm. weight of them is what made them so compelling. Yep. And like, yeah, I'm happy to see them happy. I would watch them drink coffee for an hour. But but yep. give me something. It is just like, even when they set up those storylines for, for emotionally heavy things, like fucking Mickey's dad dying, his literal tormentor. <laughs> Uh, not funky, <laughs> like, not funky music. Like, not funky music. <laughs> not like, funky music. And, like, Noel, Noel was delivering in that episode, too, and, like, the if they had just looked at the talent of the actors that they had, because when you give Noel angsty shit to do, he will rip your heart to shreds. That is his wheelhouse, for real. Mm-hmm. I think that, I do, yeah, I, I would agree with what you said, where when we said we want Mickey back, they thought we meant, like, funny, sass, like, funny, angry, whatever, Southside Mickey. We didn't want the Ian and Mickey show. We just wanted Mickey part of Shameless We just again. wanted him there, and, and for them to keep telling that great story yeah. that they had originally told. And, like, as, and same thing, too. Like, as upsetting as it was to watch Ian spiral into his mania and his bipolar and cheat on Mickey and stuff, as upsetting as mm-hmm. it was to watch, god damn it, it was compelling. It was compelling to watch Mickey to to watch Mickey open up to take care of him. Yeah. yeah. And it feels like because of Mickey and Ian being gone and coming back so frequently, I think it left such a big gap in their story that once Mickey was back finally, they didn't really have much to work on, so they just basically had to create new things for them because they never have them talk about their past that's the problem they always have them moving forward because the writers haven't watched any other episodes it's just just so so frustrating frustrating. oh oh we see each other also just the fact that like because mickey in seasons one through five yes he was loud yes he was annoying but he was fucking dirty yes he was dirty but he was fucking charming okay oh yeah season 11 mickey I hated that man. I did not want him anywhere near he, me. Like, he had his moments. He had his moments where I was like, oh, there he is. There's Mickey. Oh, that scene when he has the gun up to Terry, I felt I, I was in that scene. That scene, oh, the strongest, probably one of the strongest Ian and Mickey scenes this entire yeah. uh, season. Yeah. Like, the, like, moments like that were like, oh my god, there they are. There they are. There There's- they are. That's what, that's what we wanted back. Yeah. That's what we were asking for. Yeah, I mean, put Noel on screen and have him say anything and people will eat that shit up because they just love Mickey. Like, they love the idea of Mickey, but that wasn't Mickey. Like, thank you so much, Mickey, for telling me you want to pee in the pool, but that's yeah. not what we they asked for. They turned him into an actual weirdo. I will never They turned him into a child. That. A child and a nympho. And it's like, of course, there's nothing wrong with loving sex. Are you telling me this criminal felon, drug runner, went to prison, ex-convict, and they- I'm gonna piss in the pool. Like, do you not know who this man is? <laughs> Your impression was brilliant. 
And then even in their last scene, the way that their last scene was shot, I get that they did like the whole the spinning around them thing. Talk too short. Look, the significance of the alibi to their relationship, the significance of standing at that door in their relationship. Kissing in the alibi. That is where Mickey came out. That is where Mickey risked his life to come out so that he would never lose Ian again. That moment was so huge in their story. And it could have been the the weight of that the anniversary party happening in the alibi and the weight of of standing by that door could have been so enormous and it was just nothing and it was so upsetting i also just want to bring up like the furniture scene because it's like yes mickey is a sexual person love sex but it's like why do they have to talk about sex with each other every single second they're fucking every scene they're fucking married of course they're a sexual couple and there's nothing wrong with that but it's like yeah every goddamn scene it gets a little bit distracting and it gets yeah. a little like- old like, yeah. sir, you're sitting on a recliner. I don't want to hear you guys talking about blowjobs right now. You're in public. Yeah. And another thing I was kind of upset about, about is, like, this time when the scene when Ian walks into the bar and everyone's like, speech, speech, speech. He could have said something way more important or something to help further him and Mickey's storyline because of it ending instead of just being like, I fucking love this man. And then for that, that that's it. That's all we know. That's all they gave us. Or even even give Mickey a line in that moment when everybody's saying speech that they, were, they weren't talking to Ian. Everybody's saying speech. Mickey literally could have been like, you really thought I forgot? Like something like that or like after they they kissed it's like they should have had some words which apparently yeah. they did according to those stills it looks like there's a whole other scene that we haven't seen they were dancing according to the stills it looks like he proposed again to be funny oh what i would have given to see that like like we said overall overall we're happy that they are together moving forward with their life that like there's no obstacles in their way right now like cool that's fine but we were disappointed. The Ian and Mickey that live in my brain are going to have some words and some conversations yeah. after. Trust me, guys. Oh, yeah. Fan fiction's going to have to do some heavy lifting with this one. Cause Woo! I'm starting to think I should dabble in that. Because I'm like, I should just rewrite this whole damn Lena, season. Lena, the ideas you have, fucking yes. Oh, wait, before we move on from the Galovich story, um, Ian, uh, <laughs> Evan literally got a Galovich tattoo today. <laughs> yes, I did. Brain rot. Galovich brain rot. Yep, the day after the season finale. Uh, so I didn't get a straight up shameless tattoo. I didn't get a Galovich portrait, sadly. But that's what it um, means but to you. Yeah, yeah. So a, uh, what the tattoo is, tattoo. we can, thank you. Uh, we're, we can post it on the, uh, the, the what we had, um. But so I got a chain link fence um, as a reference to all those dugout scenes because those dugout scenes played such a significant role in Ian and Mickey's storylines. And they had some of their like probably most like in-depth uh, conversations in those types of scenes. And that like really progressed their characters and their relationship and their story in those dugout scenes. Um, so, yeah, so I got a chain link fence uh, with a hole in it because my heart has a hole in it after the season. <laughs> also, elbow tattoos are painful. <laughs> oh, also, elbow tattoos hurt like a bitch, by the way. <laughs> I cannot express how important the dugout is to me, because it's, like, even subtextually, it's, like, that was their spot, that's where they met up, and that's where they became best friends. So let's move on to Liam and Frank. First of all, Christian Isaiah, I really hope you get another job. I really hope that you do great things. I hope that you end up winning a fucking Oscar, because I love Christian Isaiah so much he's so talented for the age he is like christian isaiah 
especially since we've seen other actors on the show at that at that age. We saw Emma at that age. We saw Ethan at that age. Christian Isaiah is a different fucking breed. He is fantastic. He, he's amazing. But and I wish because of that Liam had gotten more to do in this episode. The scene in the alibi with Ghost Frank looking and Liam looking back at him got me. Like that, that moment was fantastic. And I wish that that is the last we had seen of Frank. I wish that that moment happened and then just the voiceover. We didn't need to see Frank floating into the cosmos. I'm sorry, but that screenshot you sent of him, like, floating in the air is so fucking funny. It's so funny, and it's, like, it's so dumb. Why did they do that? Yeah, I wish that Liam had gotten more to do. I agree. I I really enjoyed Liam this season, but I'm kind of upset that his only plots were Frank. I wish they gave him a little bit of his own kind of story besides making his his whole story just kind of looking for frank like he's looking for frank this entire season besides at the beginning this this episode because he did have one thing with the kids at school he was like selling underprivileged kids yeah i was gonna say like besides the beginning of the season when he got a lot of like his individual stuff but i feel like the last couple of episodes it's literally been like the liam and frank show i really wish they would have done something with carl and liam because i think it would have been really important to i know they did this in season nine and obviously it does feel a little bit like poor taste to have a black character on the show and to like exploit the trauma that they go through. But I think it would be really important if Carl's quote unquote come to Jesus moment about the police was Liam getting arrested for something he, for some like stupid bullshit, like loitering thing or something. Yeah. Yeah. Because like going back to like season nine or whatever, when, Fiona, when they were selling yeah. the lemonade yeah. and they got or the like, cops Or like even just, even if not Liam getting arrested, Liam getting harassed or something until- by the cops until Carl stepped in and was like, that is my brother. And they're like, oh, fellow cops brother, then never mind. Like any anything little like that would have served both of their stories really well. Yeah, it would have just it made so much better. So much better. I just yeah, I mean, it was touching and anything Christian does is always really great. But I just was disappointed with the whole way that they handled yeah. Frank's death. Mm-hmm. I liked the moment of Liam and Lip on the on the porch when because Liam was so young Liam was so young every other time that Frank disappeared that he never really noticed and Lip had to let him know like oh we've we've done this the reason we are not panicking the way you are panicking is we have done this so many times yeah Lip being Mm -hmm. like yeah I used to look for him all the time he always comes back but it's like he's not gonna come back and that's and that's the thing is like they'll never know that I didn't like that line I didn't like that line because they're like oh he always comes back and I'm like okay that is true because he used to be. But he has dementia now. But now he has dementia and is all, like visibly not doing well and is very and sick. And is coming off of an OD. And and they all, and especially like especially him coming off an OD, them being like, he's going to return. I'm like, I think this is the one situation where you guys should go look for Or him. they were just sitting on the couch waiting for him to die. I understand that he has a DNR tattoo, but the rest of them didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. And Liam said he was trying to kill himself. Like, Liam said those words to them. And they were just like, huh, like... Also, don't even get me started on fucking Franny opening up that letter and starting to color on it. That part, oh, I yeah. was, I was really pissed off. Why would they let Franny see that? See, that was the thing. It was always in the earlier seasons, like... And Debbie being like, go check on... Go make sure Frank's still dead so I can go bang my lesbian ex-com... My lesbian convict. It's just like because even in the like in the early seasons, whenever traumatic shit would happen, like like 
Thanksgiving with Monica, Veronica immediately took the little kids upstairs. It's like, because yep. she was like, you cannot see this. Why are they just exposing Franny to this shit? They're acting like they're, like she'll be fine. <laughs> and like, not even just the Franny thing. Mickey's fuck. Remember we were like, oh my God, everyone's listening to Mickey. I wonder what it said. No, I knew who's going to say it, some fucking bullshit. It's Mickey being like, let's chop him up and dump him in the fucking river. They won't know. Mickey has had a plan to get rid of Franks in season two. Let's remember. <laughs> well, but it's also like, they're his family. If Frank died, the only people who would care is him. It's not like anybody else would report him missing. So it's like, yeah. they honestly could just have finished him off and, and no Nobody would do anything about it. They would just be like, yeah, he had dementia and he OD'd. He died. Yeah. Yeah. And the hospital would be like, cool. Except that would have that would have forced them to take anything seriously in you this know, episode. Anything at all. The the Emily moment that they tried to do, I wasn't so upset about. It was just like the reason that the Emily moment worked in Emily. So we're, what we're referring to is, is Frank and the little girl and her dying in Season four, episode 11. After Frank gets a liver transplant while he's still coming off the meds. Yeah, he thinks that the little girl is Fiona. So so the reason that that scene worked so well was because then we actually got to see what the real Fiona was doing Mm -hmm. and how she wasn't there. She was the only Mm -hmm. character that wasn't there when Frank was, like, dying. So this new Emily moment doesn't work because... I mean, it did. I mean, it did. It made me feel things, but it didn't work as well. It didn't work like how they wanted it to, because then we never got, we never got that resolution of seeing Fiona. It like especially didn't work when I found out after the fact that it was uh, the woman playing the nurse was Bill Macy's daughter, who um, his wife also tried to scam into college that he pulled at the I'm her dad strings to get her in the series finale of his show. Fucking weird. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know if you guys felt like this, but- To me, I felt a bit disconnected with the scenes of him being in early season, like, scenes. Like, him having, like, his close- every time he would close his eyes and it would go to, like, back when they were kids. Well, because he was never in those scenes. Yeah. No, I felt better in some of the clips because they were from the scene that we remember from the living room of Frank sitting around and them all partying in the- in the- With Fiona. Like, those scenes I liked. But then the other ones, like, the morning scene- it made no sense because he, basically, like, he was pretending he was the camera, but I just felt very disconnected from them scenes because I'm like, this isn't, like, it's not like he's getting love and praise from those memories from his kids or anything. Like, the one the one that was good was the initial Fiona one because that's literally a clip of her looking at Frank. Yeah. But the other ones, it's like, he was never in those scenes. It kind of confused me. He wasn't at the house at the time. I honestly wish they would have used the bonfire scenes. That way they could really, really make yeah. it obvious for the audience at the end. <laughs> like, And, like, the absolute waste of time that was him wandering around the city. Like, the, the way that they could have gotten the same ending and, and the same beginning... They could have cut all of that out and just had the Gallagher's be like, let's drop him off at the hospital, but go about the rest of our days and not check in with him until later. There was so much potential to when he was wandering around the city, though, because he went to Patsy's and he went to the church where Fiona had almost had her wedding. There was so much potential. There was so much Fiona. There was so much Fiona in this episode with her not even being there. And I think that's another reason that rubbed me the wrong way. It was like, you guys have spent two seasons ignoring her. And now we get like six mentions of her in the last season episode, like the series finale. The way that he called her beautiful. Oh. I would have even accepted all of that. And like, I don't believe that John Wells actually tried to get her back. I believe that John Wells and Emmy Russell are beefing. I like, I don't believe she would have come and I don't believe that he tried. But even if, with all that put aside, but with all that put aside, 
all of the Fiona mentioning, and then she isn't mentioned in the final monologue as one of his kids? In yeah. his letter? I, I believe she would have come, but... I don't think they actually tried hard enough to make it work. They were like, oh, we just couldn't get the filming schedules to line up. You had two week breaks between each episode. I honestly think you could have taken one day out of production to have Emmy come on her own time, shoot scenes ahead of time, and then have her leave and go back to New York to quarantine. Because that was apparently the problem was that they couldn't figure out a time during the filming of the last episode where she could come Mm -hmm. and then still be able to get back to New York in time to quarantine for her next project. They just did not, it just felt like they didn't try hard enough. I mean, they could have taken one day out of production to do that for her. The fact that he was like, we had like 20 different ideas. I'm like, but did you? I don't believe it. I don't believe it. I don't either. I honestly wish they would have waited a se- a, a year. Me too. I wish they would have waited a year and started and started filming when when things had relaxed a little bit with restrictions, but also when Emmy was a little bit more free because he said he wanted to bring her back for yeah. a couple of episodes. Like, and it's not like Showtime would have canceled it. It's not like Showtime would have been like, "You're waiting too long." Like the show, The L Word, waited. It 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 only had one season of the reboot. Took an entire year off before it was safe to start filming again and the new season hasn't even started like shameless could have waited oh yeah the righteous gemstones took a year off shameless could have waited showtime wouldn't have canceled it they just were done they were just done they were ready and they just wanted to get it over with especially with them being like you're not doing another season because they still could have been able to do the hall of shames if they really wanted to if it was really about paying tribute to the characters and if they were the last 10 seasons they still could have instead of killing time they still could have done the hall of shames if they wanted to if they had just started filming this year yeah they could have just filled we they could have filled gaps they're like until we get you a whole new season here's a window into what our guys are up to they could have done that they could have used the hall of shame they could have used the hall of shame like during the year long hiatus that they would have had yeah to buy time it's also just like the 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 idea hurts so much that it just really cements to me that they don't care that much. The fact that they wrote the whole season, had it pretty much finished. They were three days out from shooting when everything got shut down and they completely yeah. scrapped the whole thing. They wrote the whole season and they and I'm sure they took plot points, but it's like I wonder why they made the executive decision to restructure the whole season rather than just adapt it so that the characters were still going through the pandemic at the time. Yeah, because it's like they still incorporated all of that stuff in the current season, but I'm like, you could have balanced it better with still keeping the storylines entertaining and active instead of it just being like, "Mm, pandemic, you guys are fucked. Making Frank die of COVID rubbed me the wrong way. And I know you guys know that. I wonder if Mm -hmm. you agree. No, it should have been the OD that killed him. Because it would have been such a frank way to die, first of all. Mm-hmm. Second of all, it's like, because then, then it was so anticlimactic. It makes it feel like the entire 11 years was leading up to this. But COVID only came around a year ago. Yeah, didn't they say that he tested negative for the rapid test and then he died from COVID? Because I feel like they mentioned at first it came back he, negative. Yeah, he tested negative for the rapid, but then his PCR came back positive, his lab test. Because sometimes yeah, the rapid yeah. isn't totally accurate. And then that opens up the idea that, that then him then laying there on the couch around the entire family exposed the entire family. Now the entire family is exposed and now is the, so is the whole fucking neighborhood because of the alibi party. Yeah, because like, are we supposed to concur that he got that, got COVID while wandering around or when he picked up that mask on the side of the road? Like, where did he catch it in such a small span that now? We don't know because he's never masked. Yep, exactly. And now we have 10 people in the household who he could have least... L- literally including a child including people with you know who are two baby two little babies two babies a pregnant woman yeah people with medical issues it's just like i just 
it feels like the whole 11 seasons was leading up to this. Of course, it, Frank Frank was always going the, to die. Like, the power that this last episode could have had if they just let him die last episode. And it was instead the aftermath yeah. of them yep. dealing with it. And I said this right when we first started with season 11, is that, like, I personally... I, I ended up enjoying that they incorporated COVID, but my get, from the get-go, I was like, I don't want to watch characters I've devoted my time to and characters I enjoy to go through the most negative, heinous time in the world and watch my own favorite characters experience in that. And then especially Frank dying of COVID, I'm like, that's just going to hit forever. The fact that it's going to be such an important thing in the story from because now it on. now it ties shameless yeah. to covid forever forever because it was their last season if it was it like let's say if timing was different and if the pandemic ended up being like season 10 i would be like oh this is just this is just representative of what was really going on in the world at that time but mm. because this is the last season ever it forever ties shameless to the pandemic and that's why it rubbed me the wrong way it was totally anticlimactic and i bet with so many shows there's only like i feel like a handful that have incorporated incorporated covid into their storylines especially being present time i feel like he he's going to be like the only character in television that's going to be dying of covid because everyone else is so disconnected and doesn't want to read other than like hospital shows where hospital yeah, shows but, yeah like other than that it's like now he's gonna be in that fucking category forever and like there you can tell so many other shows are just how negatively this pandemic has been to so many people they don't want to incorporate that into their stories because it's an escape from the reality yeah. and now that we have to live with and it would be one thing if they decided to incorporate it because they wanted their actors to be masked up as much as possible and to keep everybody as safe as possible but the characters literally never wear masks ever nope. so like why even mention it and if they do it's under their nose and like a lot of people were telling me on tiktok they were like oh but he didn't die of covid he died of the overdose no he didn't no no he didn't no that was part of it that was what weakened his system but ultimately he did die of covid and, and like again me rewriting the episode if they had yep. just let him die last episode but the whole family didn't acknowledge it they saw frank passed out on the couch and decided not to deal with him and went throughout their day but frank has been dead on the couch all day and them discovering that at the end that would have been good like can we talk about that fucking end credit scene because I thought it was so stupid. Why are we ending on characters we've never met before? First of all, I laughed. I laughed 100%, but I didn't like it. <laughs> I laughed. Yeah, I laughed too, but I was just like, what the hell? But yeah, again, if, and if that had been three episodes ago, that would have been funny. And yeah, right. Like, I, what I thought was going to happen because they made mention to all of Frank's files over the years and like how they were trying to find a contact number in that mess. Cause Fiona's been to the hospital with yeah. Frank a bunch of times. So it's like, obviously, they're going to find her number. Even just the phone ringing on, like, the landline at the Gallagher house in an empty Gallagher house would have been the phone ringing and, like, the voicemail picking up, be like, this is the hospital, Frank Gallagher has died. Like, with nobody home, that would have been good, too. Yep. That or, like... That would have had a more deeper meaning than anything. They wouldn't have even to have had Emmy fly out to LA. They could have had her either record a voiceover. They could have sent somebody to film her. Dude, like, it's New York City. She could go to any fucking studio and they could green screen her in like they've been doing. And they could film her picking up the phone. Hello? End. They, or they literally could have had her send a voice memo being Fiona's being Fiona's voicemail being like you've reached Fiona Gallagher can't get to the phone right now hello this is the hospital calling like that's it 
That's all they needed to do. You could, we could have seen like her like going into the bathroom and you hear the shower turn on and you see her phone vibrate and then it, the voicemail like, ooh. That wouldn't have even need to be Emmy. That could have been anybody too. Yep, that exactly. That could have been anybody. Like, it's just like, it's like, because you can claim open-ended, open-ended ending all you want. But I need, but that's an open-ended ending because it, it lets us think, oh, what's going to happen next? Is Fiona going to even tell the family? Is she going to go back to Chicago? We don't need to mm-hmm. know that. We just need to know that somebody knows that Frank is dead because the yep. way we left it, nobody knows no and one no knows. one's going to bother to find out because they think, they, they think in their heads that he's always going to come back. Yep. And it's, it's, they continuously disregard his illness this entire season. Be, like, it's just so frustrating because even if like, if I was in any of their positions and I hated Frank as much as I do, I would still actively be trying to help him. Like, I, as much as the hurt and ill intentions he's done throughout this entire series. It's like he is incapable of yeah. taking care of himself. Yep. The fact that Liam's had to babysit him this entire thing so far, I'm like, it, it's just like, how can you just ignore that? Much like the show itself, I'm not entirely sure how to wrap this up. Like, I don't, I don't know what to say because I'm so sad. Like, at least with Supernatural, I could be actively furious about it. I can't even be mad because Supernatural literally said, go fuck yourself. Shameless was like, we tried really hard and they just failed. Except they didn't. Shameless was like, we didn't watch the show, but I think you did. Shameless is like, actually, we didn't try at all. And it's like, I can't even be mad at you guys. I just can only be upset. It's like Shameless got a D on the test and Supernatural took a shit in the test and threw it at me. Like. (laughs) On purpose. Yeah. So like, I can't, it's so frustrating because I can't even be furious and I can't be happy. Like, I'm just stuck here. I'm just stuck here. It's like comforting in the fact that we know without using like hall of shame frank hall of shame knowing all of the kids do end up being not successful in so many words but they end up all being pretty stable like they're and fine. pretty pretty comfortable and stuff like that like even with that we were given more about how they all will do in the future in a hall of shame than yeah. in the series finale and most people didn't even know that the hall of shames happened and I bet those won't be uploaded to Netflix when season 11 Definitely does. Definitely not. Probably not. But they'll they'll stay on Showtime, but... Oh, and they'll probably be, like, an extra thing on the season 11 DVDs. They'll probably be, like, a special feature, a special feature moment on the season 11 DVDs or something. Yeah. Or, like, an extra disc in the box or something. I'm most worried that we are not going to get the scenes, the deleted scenes that we are entitled We're to. We're not going to get any of them. We're not going to get any. We're not going to get them. Like we'll get, we'll get, we'll get camo kiss maybe because people have been clamoring for it so hard. But other than that, it's like, we are not going to get any deleted That's scenes. That's the one great on. thing we have left to look forward to as a fandom uh, is the, is the DVD. Dude, can you imagine out. if they said fuck you and didn't even put the camo kiss on DVD? No. That, just no deleted no. scenes at all. Just none at all. There's no deleted scenes at all. They just said bye. Dude, the intro, they were just like, bye. Yeah. Give me a good reason that Tammy and Mickey couldn't be in the intro. Give me a good reason. Give me a good reason. Because Mandy was in the original one. Give me a good fucking reason that Tammy and they Mickey couldn't have been uh, in that They intro. wouldn't all fit on the porch, I guess. Jimmy, Steve, and Mandy were both in the original one. Tell me why Tammy and Mickey couldn't be there. They only wanted blood Gallagher's. Yeah, I just- Baby mama they only and the husband, blood. they belong- if Kevin V get to be there, then Mickey and Tammy get to be there. I am f- 
furious about it. Because because the thing is, because we know they were there when they were filming that right. because we got all those photos of them all sitting Because the they porch. took photos there together, so we all assumed that they were going to be in a... They actively chose yeah. to leave them out of that. Can we also talk about the fucking GallagherHouse.com crashing? <laughs> the perfect ending to Shameless is a shitty finale and then the Gallagher House website crashing. And then the Shameless Twitter being like, fuck off, hold your horses, we'll get it back up. Like, y'all fucked up. But before we get to the final words, I want to assure everybody that yes, in fact, we are going to continue doing season three. We're going to keep doing this podcast as long as people listen to it and as long as we want to, because we do truly adore this show. Like it ending badly doesn't mean we don't love it anymore. Like I've watched Supernatural twice since it ended. A bad ending doesn't mean you stop loving the show. It just means that you get to be angry. And apparently I am here to stay. You are here to stay. I am here to stay. Guess what? Vesties, third host. We're gonna we're gonna take like a week off um so that we can decompress between this and uh, episode four but like season three episode four is coming and the rest of season three three four and five are the sweet spot so we're really mm-hmm. excited to get into them we're very excited um but yeah so so I just want to re- make everybody rest assured that we're we're going to continue we're going to keep going um I know that we don't have like millions of listeners but I know that we have people that listen every week and like and like that this podcast is around and we like doing it it's a fun thing to do and um and anybody who listens to my other podcast skip to the gay parts i am going to do a mickey and an ian episode um yes! and like of ian, course my I, bestie. Am. I was waiting for the show to end because i only want to do shows that are over so i could do a whole like a whole analysis of the whole character so i am mm-hmm. going to do uh ian and mickey episodes but i just wanted to get that out of the way uh before we talk about our final final thoughts let's go one at a time our final thoughts of the episode, the season, the series, what what are what are, are we feeling? What are we feeling? How are we doing? Who wants to go first? I'm not going first, you guys go. Amanda Amanda, do you wanna go first? Uh, like I said, like this show means a lot to me. It it has for a decade. I started watching it when I was sixteen and or fifteen or sixteen, and now I'm twenty-six and it's over and I'm sad, but like I got to watch these characters learn grow and develop. And I attached myself to the Ian and Mickey characters because I saw something in them that I related to. And in at any myriad of ways, people people attach themselves and relate themselves to these characters. And I'm happy to see uh, like a semi-happy ending for the characters that I care the most about. I'm disappointed that the writers seem to hate us so much. And like, it's not even like giving people a bad ending. It's It's not giving us an ending is incredibly frustrating. So I'm frustrated as fuck about the episode and about the way that the series ended, but the series still means like a lot to me. So it's going to hold a little place in my heart. And I, like I said, I'm genuinely excited to go back to the early seasons and keep talking about them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm the same exact way. Like I, especially like getting to watch the show for the last like six years and stuff. Like I've definitely had my fair share of like, basically like putting myself in the character's shoes and like just experiencing the show and like loving it and just like having like the heartache from it like I remember when I first started the series it was like right before Mickey left for the very first time mm. and yeah, I, remember I started me and the Lena, I I caught up the week before the finale of season five and it just was fucking pandemonium yeah like I have experienced so much within this show and like as Amanda said like 
I'm very fucking frustrated and upset with how it was all ended because the writers just ended up not caring anymore. They seemed like they knew it's been going on for so long and it just you could tell that they brought in writers who also did not use references from previous seasons and previous character traits and uh plot lines and stuff like that and like you've mentioned that in another episode it was like he told them they was like if you have an a plot line that doesn't match up with other episodes and stuff just write it anyway and make that character fit to what you need it was very especially with like the later seasons like i think after season eight is when it started to go downhill and i got a bit it was harder for me to watch because it seemed like everyone was spiraling in those seasons but no one was going to have a happy ending and then for it to season 10 to not feel like any of the previous seasons at all I really enjoyed season 10 honestly I think it's just because we got Mickey and Ian back and we got not caught up in that whole whirlwind but the magic yep, we, the magic wore off at the start of season 11 exactly. for me and it was we were given so much last season but you could tell from the get-go of last season is that they started to not care as much and they were just writing what they needed to to get an episode done um i'm still gonna fucking cherish the show forever and i'm still gonna continue obviously with the podcast and talk about this show because it means so much to me and i love it so much but it's just so hard from an outsider view just knowing how bad the ending was and knowing that there's nothing to do about it because it's over <laughs> all right, that's all i have to say fuck the final i love the show so in the same vein i've been watching this show for six years i got evan into this show so by some weird butterfly effect i got you and evan together kind of yeah, interesting literally right? literally like yeah. it was funny because me and amanda were already acquaintances because i've been friends with amanda's sister for a while as well so me and amanda were already friendly but then the moment she was saw i was connected. watching shameless yeah. yeah but the moment she saw i was watching shameless she was like hello my sister who who painted and designed the logo to the show by the way yep and i literally saw that you had one so i texted zoe i was like yo can i buy one from you too and she made me one <laughs> i want to buy one now too um i'm always gonna be really appreciative of the show and I basically fucking built my whole personality off of these characters when I was growing up. Like, like the first couple of years I started getting into this, I found myself taking pieces of each character and kind of like forming my own personality. So of course I'll always be thankful for that. I'm just really disappointed. Um, and it's almost like, I feel like, okay. So I've been learning a lot about, um, premium cable and how they prioritize quality over quantity and it feels like shameless stopped doing that they got rid of the almost the artistry that was involved in their show and of course no disrespect to the crew to the cast they're all incredibly talented i've said again and again that if any less talented cast and crew did an ending like this they would be being shat on by absolutely everybody. Yeah. The love that we have for the actors because of how long we've been devoted to this show prevents us from being as shitty as we could. Right, so for new fans who like the magic of of just discovering is still there, they, a lot of them really liked the ending. There are a lot of people who only got into the show over the course of the quarantine and that's great for them, but with the kind of perspective I have, I expected more. I know that they were capable of more and 
I hope that they never do a spinoff or a reunion episode. I really hope I they don't. don't I don't want it because they're not going to give it the proper send off that it deserves because they couldn't do it the first time. They already left so many open-ended things that if they did a spin-off, I would just be frustrated because I'm like, how can you start a new plot would, or a new spin-off or without it would totally giving... contradict the ending that they wrote where they claimed that open-endedness was the point. Just like the same as you guys, I'll, I will always love this show. I will continue to talk about it on the podcast with you and just be obsessed in general. I will not let this fan base die. Yeah. But going through what I went through, I've been there for Bring Mickey Back. I've been there for Emmy leaving. I've been there for all the behind the scenes. I've been there for that moment at the end of season, uh, at the end of season four or season five, when Jimmy Steve pulled up and everyone in the cast and crew was like, what the fuck? Yeah. Mm -hmm. The, you know, the, the night that everybody was live tweeting when Mickey went to jail, then the night stopped (sighs) the, the, Season seven, when the uh, the audition sides got leaked, and you could see on the other side of the paper that Mickey was returning, the, the that absolute times, insanity of that. Those pictures of Emma's from inside the trailer, where we could see Mickey Mickey's Ian Gallagher tattoo, and we were like, "What does that mm-hmm. mean? What does that mean?" Yeah, just the I've been there through it all, and it just hurts to. S- I I wanted an ending, but I wanted an ending that we deserved, and we did not deserve this ending. And so I'm just sad and I need to grieve about it. I need to grieve it for a while, probably. It's a dis- yeah. It was a disservice to the fans. It was a disservice to the characters. It was a disservice to the actors. It was, it, it just- To the crew. Yeah. Like without, without being like totally diminishing all of the work that everybody's done over the past few years, over the past 10 years, it's just, there was so many other options that they could have done and they and they decided to forego that in the name of comedy and cheap laughs. Yeah, e- like even right to the end, right that button at the end there. They they couldn't. They didn't dare end on a serious note. They didn't dare end as well as they could on a serious note. Yeah, they had to end on a laugh. They had to get on a one on a laughing crying emoji. <laughs> a laughing crying emoji with two characters we've never met before. Yeah, I just you know it. Overall, it was just generally disappointing. I think the UK Shameless had a better ending. And I'm really happy to have you on the co-hosting team now, Lena. I literally can't. If you'll have me, I mean, like, if if you want me... Season 11 was your trial to see if you could uphold being a, the the new co-host. We did one episode of season 11 without you and it felt wrong. It Aww, felt really weird. That's really sweet, guys. <laughs> if you if you want me, if you want me here. If you want me. And so Lena, we're going to change the bio and all remind me to change the bio and all of, our, all of our stuff. But Lena hope, is our I hope official... the listeners like me. Yes, you Think. You got so much to say. They better like so, you. And, and if you want more of Lena's opinions, Lena, what's your what's your TikTok? Where can people find you? Um, F-R-L-E-D-M-A-N, but I will probably change it uh, at some point. My Twitter, I recently rebranded. I tweet a lot about workaholics now. Um, it's Durs Holmvik, D-E-R-S-H-O, and then it's an I-M-V-I-K. And then my Twitter or my Instagram is Kojak, C-O-J-A-C-K-K. Evan, where can they find you? 
You can find me on Instagram and TikTok at I Wanna Die 4000. Um, I promise I'm okay. I always have to say that because I don't want to get reported. Um, and then you can go ahead and follow me on Twitter at Internet Life Yo. I'm not very active there, but I'm going to start getting active again, especially with us getting back into season three and stuff like that. Um, and yeah, and Amanda, where can they find you? You can find me on TikTok at, abnor- at, at abnormalamanda underscore 18. I know I talk about Supernatural a lot, but I promise I have other opinions. Um, and I'm going to actually start transitioning into Black Sails as soon as I finish this season of Supernatural. But uh, you can Ooh. follow me at AbnormalAmanda underscore 18, at AbnormalAmanda on Twitter, at AbnormalAmanda18 on Instagram. And you can follow the show at LuckWeHadPod on Instagram, at LuckWeHadPod on Twitter, at LuckWeHadPod. You can email us at LuckWeHadPod at gmail.com. Uh, leave us a rating, a review. It really does matter. Um, you can find our Ko-Fi on our website, which is linked in all of the bios. If you would like to support the show, we would very much appreciate it. Um, yes. And yeah, that's where you can find us. We're, we will be back to continue season mm-hmm. three because we are just getting to the good part. And the best, the best, the, when the show really hit its stride. Yeah. For real. Mm-hmm. I really want to say something right now. Um, I want to say a big thank you to all of our listeners because we've noticed that we get uh, a quite a bit more listeners on the current season than we did on previous uh, like seasons that have already been airing. So we want to say thank you for everyone who's been following and listening with us for season 11. It means a lot. And we know the show probably means a lot to you because you've stuck around this entire time. So we want to say thank you so much for listening and just uh continuously like supporting the podcast uh because it means a lot to us because we put in a lot of work and we also want it to be entertaining for everyone yeah <laughs> and we just we we genuinely are passionate about the show and we want to talk about it yeah. and we want to talk about it with you so i mean we're all pretty approachable if you dm us or comment mm-hmm. on our instagrams or whatever we will we will be happy to discuss with you our opinions and hear yeah please yours. and as amanda said in previous episodes like send us a message if you guys have a topic you want us to discuss about shameless if you have a feeling about a season or a finale or whatever like let us know because we are so open to communicating with all you guys we want to make this as like interactive as possible because we all know how much people uh, love this show so we're like might as well open it up to everyone yeah, if there's an episode coming up in like seasons three and on that we haven't covered yet that you want to even talk about and send like email us a voice memo fucking do it maybe we'll put it in the podcast yeah. like do mm-hmm. us oh at, at luck we had pod on tiktok too we're gonna start posting yes. there and you can send us messages you can duet us you can tag us and stuff and give us opinions. We'll start um, posting uh, weekly with the episodes. We'll be posting like a minute clip from each episode just to kind of like get people more involved and in being like, yo, fucking listen to this shit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we're honored to have you all here. We'll hope you, we hope that you guys uh, stick around and join us for seasons uh, for season three. We're really excited to get into it. And I know that this episode was heartbreaking and I know that we're all sad, but Mm-hmm. we can't let the We're good go we can't let the, the good, good disappear because of the bad we can't right. do that yeah. like i mean like we, we said, have to appreciate all the good we were given yeah so that's like we, exactly like what we we're said this was a good episode but a bad finale and that's it's just something we're gonna have to deal with and we've been recording for two hours now so let's get out of here <laughs> season 11 was hall of shame season 10 was the season mm. finale yeah and with that let's get out of here and say a thank you to you all for listening Uh, Please remember to rate, review, and subscribe. And we will see you all back in season three. Come back in time with us and reminisce. Let's do let's do it all again. Going back to the good old days. We wrapped we wrapped Uh, up season eleven. Let's go do it all again. Let's go. Let's do it all again. Thank you so much, guys. We love and appreciate you. And thank Thank you, you Shameless. Thank you to you too. Thank you, Shameless. (laughs) Um. 
and let's yeah, let's, let's go. Let's go. Goodbye. Let's go. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs>